Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to WCBC Podcast. My name is Hunter. My name is Alan. I'm Josh. And we are here, and uh, we're glad to be back. I know last week was a little bit different. It was just me, and we kind of just read a few scriptures, and we challenged you guys to take some time and read for yourself. And I hope that you guys can uh, honestly say you did, because, man, I mean, after we celebrated the resurrection last week, um, the time period when Christ rose again, you know, uh, I think, man, you really can't just stop there. You've got to look at what all he did. And, I mean, when you get into, like, First Corinthians 15, it says that he appeared to over 500 witnesses. You know, we get to see his interactions when he ate with the disciples, when he appeared to people. But then, you know, you get over in Acts 1, and he takes them out. He gives them a commission in Acts 1-8. You know, he go out, do this. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all to the ends of the earth. And then... While he's saying all that, he kind of starts ascending, and then he disappears. And then the angels are like, what are you all still doing here? This this Jesus Christ will come back in the same manner. And then he's gone. What happened? Yeah. Then you there's, get, there's a bunch of believers turned the world on its head. Yeah. Not on their own power, though. No. No, 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 no. That's, that's kind of the thing that we want to talk about uh, going through these uh, uh, spiritual gifts is... Uh, that group, that initial group that witnessed, that saw, that had instructions, they got it right. And they had it applicable and they had it in context. And over the course of history where man's got his mitts involved and put their opinion into it has kind of taken away from the initial plan that God had in store for the body being fitly framed together and each believer being equipped for a specific task, however God's got you wired, to use that gift to uplift and up, uh, build up the body. Yeah. And that's kind of where we're going today. Yeah. And it's even like, man, this come to my mind, and I didn't even think about it. Grant asked me a question some later, later, earlier, and he uh, he, he was talking about how, uh, how can people not teach Scripture right and just continue in it? That's about what it was. And I just started thinking about what we're talking about today, and I started thinking, you know... People have taken the Word of God and created a religious system for one reason and one reason only, their own benefit. Yep. I started thinking about, you know, when you take miraculous things or supernatural things and you figure out ways to do them on stage or do them in a service and you bring people in and you show, I mean, they're running, it's almost like a business. You know, come here, experience this, give us this, give us this, and if you keep people entertained... They're going to keep coming. They're going to keep supporting. They're going to keep. And so I was thinking about when Grant asked me that question. I was like, man, so many people have just created systems of do this, do this. Or, you know, when you look at these word of faith movements, um, you know, we'll talk about some of this today. Like, you know, when Benny Hinn would do all those crusades, you know, he would get on stage and he'd take his jacket off or do all these things, knock people over and tell them they're healed. But then, you know, he's out cheating on his wife and getting other wives and having divorces. And then he gets caught doing this and doing this. And I'm just thinking, listen, if God were to, I'm not judging the man, but I am saying this, if God were to completely use a man for such an opportunity, this man will be consecrated and completely set apart for the work that God, I mean, when you look at the apostles, right, they're leaving things behind. They're going out, they're having to work. They're having to sleep where they can. They're having to find their own meals. There's nothing prosperous about that. I mean, Paul, I was listening to a preacher this morning, Paul's in prison when he's writing to the book of Philippians, to the Philippians, and he's writing about joy in Christ and happiness in Christ. 
The man's in prison. prison. There's nothing prosperous about that. And so today, as we go through this, I I hope maybe some of our listeners can hear this and and just consider when, when we talk about miracles and healings that, man, miracles and healings are from God and they're for God. And we can't just take things out of the Bible and create systems for what we want to do. And I know, uh, I think, Josh, maybe it was a couple months ago, I think you and I stood out in this parking lot out here, and we had a discussion about, you know, the miraculous, the healing, and all these things that these churches put on, and how they're kind of brainwashing people to an extent. Yeah, I mean, there there definitely is organizations that are that are you know that they're in it for the wrong reason and the underlying thing is you know is that some of the operations and the systems are nothing more than um a corporate uh business structure yeah and i mean and ultimately it's not a matter of whether it's a corporation or if it's a you know religious i mean ultimately it boils down to a sinful issue yeah you know they're apart from god yep. and they they have to find things to draw people so that's why they bring in you know it it basically becomes a sideshow but the thing is is that you know when we when we see those organizations and those people i mean one of the best things for us to do is to share the true word of god because some of the people there have very little understanding in the word of god and they don't know what the scripture says so the only thing that they're truly basing it off of is what they have heard and you find people that are in churches you know especially ones that are not uh biblically or doctrinally um, sound that you know they've been misled they've been to a place to where they are have heard certain things certain scenarios but they don't know the true savior they don't know jesus christ they do not have a personal relationship with him um, because if they truly did know who the the story is written about, they would understand that it's nothing that they do. It's nothing that the guy standing in the pulpit does. It's nothing that the guy at the greeting, the people coming into the house does. And it's not definitely not the one that's making a sideshow could profess and to be able to be healed. But, and I mean, one of my biggest questions I've always had is if you truly have the gift of healing, instead of doing it, in front of a hundred thousand people with all the lights, the smoke, yeah. you know, going from, you know, big city to big city to big city. Why ain't you in the hospital? Yeah. St. Jude. Yes. Why? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. St. Yeah. Jude. Why aren't you there? The yeah. kids, the children. Exactly. Why, why aren't you using that gift yeah. to truly let what God has given you yeah. to heal? And when you look at, I, these are our verses today. So we're talking about healing and miracles. Um, in first Corinthians 12, it says in verse 9, it says, To another faith by the same Spirit, right here, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. And then verse 10, to another the working of miracles. So these two kind of go hand in hand. Um, so I think when we talk about healings, and I'm going to add to what Josh kind of said in just a second. Uh, healings means a means of healing, a remedy, or a medicine. So there has to be a solution to the medical condition or the issue. Now, when... I'll read the Bible, and this is just me. Probably not just me. Probably a lot of other people. When I read the Bible, and I read about the healings that took place in Scripture, it wasn't a random event. Like, it wasn't just something randomly. Like, you notice how Christ himself or the apostles would be at the right place at the right time. Or they would see those people at the right place or the right time. And so, when we look at a healing, we have to understand that the sovereignty of God comes to life 
when we look at these experiences. Now, Jesus was God in flesh, so he did have a discernment of where he needed to go or who. It's like today in our uh, small group for our teenagers, our Sunday school class, we talked about the feeding of the 5,000. And it said before he ever talked to the disciples about the food, he already knew what he was going to do. And then he, he's like, what do we do? And Thomas was like, Lord, we don't have nothing, but we've got three bread. we got two fish. The Lord knew he knows those things. But when we look at, for instance, like one of the examples, like I've got a list of some miracles and healings, right? Eutychus, right? Paul's preaching, and Eutychus falls asleep in the windowsill, and he falls out and he dies, right? So yep. Paul runs down, he's healed. When we look at those examples, or Peter healing a lame man that they just walked by, or I think maybe a couple weeks ago, the woman with divination that followed him around, the sovereignty of God comes to life because God organizes each scenario that we find in Scripture, And so I think we have to really consider that it's not a control of a man. Like, these guys that run around and they're like, man, I've got the power to heal you right now. You just have to have the faith or I have the power to do this. They don't have the power. It's like if we took a a cord, right? Like we wanted to plug in that coffee pot. That coffee pot's not going to turn on unless you plug it into the wall. And that's what I'm saying, too. You're not going to see a true healing take place unless it's of God. So these men that are running around and are like, I can do this, I can do this, it's almost like a coffee pot that has no source of power. They're just saying, speaking words into the air for for no purpose. And they're orchestrating their own event. They're orchestrating yep. their own sideshow, just like Josh said. And there's a there's a, there's a a mandate. There's a, there's a, there's a dependency uh, for that group and that following there has to be a certain amount of naive and i well here i go again on this ignorant kick but there has to be a certain amount of lack of spiritual understanding of the scripture to be led away by that type of movement because if you can look at god's word and spend some time reading it you can understand just like you said hunter all of those events are orchestrated by god and put in place not because they feel sorry for a person's physical condition, but it's for the advancement of the kingdom, yep. and that's uh, that is a side benefit. Okay, yeah, you uh, you're you're now healed of whatever's wrong with you, but the bottom line is, uh, your onlookers and the folks that are nearby see the power that God possesses, and that miracle is done to advance the kingdom. Yeah. Well, that's like, a, so the physical side of it, you know, is what they a lot of times will go to. That's what it's 100% based on. Yes, yes. Uh, if, you've got, if you've got chronic pain, come here. We'll come get here. You out the, yes. We'll make your... We'll pull you out the wheelchair. Yeah, we'll boy. drop the crutches. Your, your, your current situations that you're yes. living in instantly will change and you will feel better about yourself. <laughs> yes. They do. But you want to see true healing. True healing happens... From the people that are dead in their sins. Exactly. They right. come to life. Exactly. The ad- right. addict the addict that could not kick it. And then he found Christ and because of that relationship yeah. that delivers him the from band. it. Those are the miracles. These are the healings. Yeah. And I mean we see them, but what's what at times we don't even we become almost numb, if you will, yeah. to it because somebody will share that story and there's a little bit of response, a little bit of not enough, not enough theatrics, though. There's not enough. Yeah, I mean, maybe the lights ain't. You know, there could, yes, I mean, exactly. You know, we need a more colorful light. We'll little, you know? yeah. yeah. But that's that's where the true miracles and healings are today. Well, Is You know, when you're dead in your sins and you understand that you are lost and apart from God and undone, 
there you go. That's that is a miracle that just happened. And if you watch closely, there's going to be a healing after it because the person that was dead and undone and apart from God is now new. And live in a different light because Christ now yeah. they understand. Yeah, that's that's even like I think about what you said too, Josh. Really, if you think about it, it it's not so much as like like when someone's healed, like means like something happened and they're healed from it. Yeah, we're completely dead. Like yeah. there's there's not like we just got sick and oh no we're having a bad day. It's like. No, you want to see a miracle. You want to see yeah. something crazy. A happen. dead man just came to life. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but but with, with what Josh is saying, too, I mean, think about it. Like, when you watch these crusades, there's like a 30-minute, a 20-minute gospel presentation about Jesus and then a two-hour healing session. Right. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, if and I've seen this with my own eyes. They heal him, and they send him off stage, and I'm thinking, like, if this was truly the gospel, did Peter and Jesus and all them not talk to people about their sins and their faith when they were healed or something would happen? Go on, believe, go on and sin no more. Yeah. But instead, it's turned into a rock star preacher with magic powers and magic abilities. And I just want to say this, if you're listening to this and you support that, I'm not trying to be belligerent. I'm not trying to be rude, but I'm telling you, you're following something false. A hundred percent, 10 out of 10 times, I'll say it again, you're following something false. You take a man that takes the spotlight off of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, and then you put it on yourself. That is absolutely against what Christ said. What did Christ do in John 13? He humbled himself to serve the disciples. He came in the form of a servant, but yet we've got rock star preachers standing on stages, only doing miracles in the church, and when they're asked questions about the world, that's beneath, doctrine... That's or, beneath me. You go that, ask, ask you, some of my staff. They'll answer those questions. Uh, no comment. No comment. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, Kenneth Copeland was asked about his brand new plane he bought two years ago, and he told the woman, he's like, don't you judge me. Don't you come at me at what I'm doing. This is from God, and I'm sitting there saying, why do you have to create an excuse yeah. for buying a plane unless you know you're wrong in the world's eyes. Yeah. And he is. And that's what I'm saying. Like when you see these healings that take place, like it wasn't just a healing and send them on. Like they spent time with these people. Like they took care of them. Think about when Jesus healed people, they kept following him, dude. They yeah. didn't just go home. They can't remember the man. Well, he specifically says, don't say nothing. The first thing they do is they're like, hey. This or what about I mean, or uh, uh, when you read about Legion, yeah. he casts the demons and Legion's like, I'm going with you. And he's like, no, I got something for you to do. You need to go yeah. back and you need to tell people. And it's just yeah. like something's not adding up. So yeah. here, here's my here's my proposition. Is it that the word of God is completely wrong or man is wrong? Bible also says this, let God be true every and man let every a man be a liar. Yep. And so my friends, people. When we look at a gift of healing, we have to understand that it is a remedy. It is a medicine. It is something that God does. Now, and Alan, as a deacon, you'd probably be able to attest to this. Now, have there been people that have been healed from oh, sicknesses? Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll, we'll go to, we'll, we'll go to uh, our grave believing that uh, n more than one person that I've seen that have been diagnosed with serious illness, I'm talking about cancer, uh, things that are here's look at this before picture of this uh, x-ray or whatever it is right there it is yep. we now go we not. go into the surgery uh, you know peel a man's scalp back and cut the top of his skull off and there's nothing in there yep. 
there's only one explanation for that. God done that. Yeah. And when you look at people's uh, uh, now that they say, well, we, we'll go through this surgery or whatever, and you've got like a 20% chance. And we've, we've all heard those stories and know people that can tell you names of folks that have been absolutely miraculously healed by God. And that's even the ones that uh, that go through the hospitals, and we have excellent uh, uh, medical professionals that have dedicated their lives to study and learning and and practicing their their craft. Still, yeah, one hundred percent, yeah, dependent on the healing hand of God to intervene yeah. after all the knowledge that they gain. And I can't remember who what the situation was, but I actually remember. There was a Monday night that someone in our church, something was going on. I mean, this has probably happened multiple times, and they invited some of the men up. Yep. And we laid hand, laid hands, and by that, we just rest our hands on each other, maybe on the person that's sick. And we prayed over that person, and the next week, they were good. Good doctor's report. But here's the thing. It's like, God did that. If God gave, if the doctor gave them a good report, it's because there's a sovereign hand that healed a person and decided that their sickness would be taken away. And I participated in that, and uh, I don't think it's, I'm I'm telling any secret if I share kind of the general, not exactly what I prayed, but kind of the concept of what I prayed. And I do it with everyone because I've done it more than once. When When somebody asks me, hey, I've got a ailment, I've got something, whether it's chronic pain or I've got a test coming up or whatever, and they want us to pray for them. It's biblically, uh, you know, fundamentals. Want, I mean, yep. completely. Uh, one the laying on another. of hands. It's I a mean, concept. It's... it's a concept that is that is uh, uh, backed with all kinds of scripture. When I pray those prayers, I pray the fact that you know what, God, your will is perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, if there's healing comes, it comes from you. Yeah. Uh, God, uh, we want you to help this person to understand whatever the outcome. Yeah, your plan's bigger than whatever's going on in their life, and you know we can take a, a real time uh, situation that a lot of people can relate to, and that's the COVID nineteen. Uh, we've lost church members. Uh, lots of families have been affected by it. Some people got it, had a runny nose, had a hundred and two degree fever. Some people got it and passed away. Right. So here's what we need to understand: life and death all lay in the palm of God's hand. He has His will needs to be something that his family needs to be accepted of and prepared for. And our job is to help those who are not at a spiritual level to understand that, man, God's got a plan for me that may be requiring me to give my life to COVID-19. Nobody likes to hear that. But having the spiritual maturity to understand that, you know what? Death's coming to all of us. Yeah, it's appointed, to, us. It's appointed yes. to every man. All that lays in the palm of God's hand. Yes. What our responsibility is now is not to, uh, you know, try to find a way to weasel out or beat death because it's going to catch up with all of us one time. Or right. Another. Even if we do it, 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 at, at, our at that moment, yeah, it's, it's going to catch us. It's going to get us. Yeah. How do we spend the quality time that we have right now in our right mind? Yep. Encouraging others. Yeah. And discipling folks to get the word of God out in yeah. a truthful. Well, I mean, yes. Yeah, so, so that brought made me. Um, while you were talking about that, I was thinking, you know, when when people hear of those incidences, you know, diagnosed with a major ailment, their train of thought and their view has now drastically changed. They no wor- They're not worried about their deadline at work. No, no. They're no. not worried about their new car or new truck that they've been no. wanting or a new bass boat. 
they're now wondering, you know, can I see this one before I leave? Can I spend time with this one? I need to see my kids. I want to talk to so-and-so. I want to fix a relationship that's now been... Rightfully so. I mean, yes. it's, it's it, it, human nature. When you're looking, uh, and, and like I said, right now, I just made a statement. It's after all of us. We're all looking at, but when it's a reality, yep. and when you're when somebody says, hey, it's coming quicker for you, it's not yep. just a cliche or a figure of speech. It's a reality. You've only got a certain amount of time. That thought process will then start going into the things that should engage our minds instantly. Right. Yeah. When we understand that, man, there's more to life than yeah, eating, absolutely breathing, sleeping, absolutely having fun. You know, and that's saying? why when we have the opportunity, that it is critical for us to share the gospel message absolutely. with all that we come in contact with. Absolutely, because we don't. I, I, I can't speak for us, but I'm saying for me, I don't know what people are going through. No. You know, and I mean, maybe they just received that diagnosis, have never heard the gospel message or have heard it, you know, in coming and passing, but never paid attention to it. And with this podcast, uh, guys that are listening, hey, we love you and we hope that we can uh, not be too morbid today. No, I mean, <laughs> but here's, here's what we need to understand. Uh, uh, Bible talks about life's like a vapor. Yep. You know, you sit down a cup of coffee on this table in front of us and there'll be a little steam come up three or four inches above the cup. It's gone. Yep. Disappears. Our life is just like that. We've only got a, a limited amount of time here on this earth. Our responsibility that God's given us is to be that light, that salt, that reflection of goodness that he's put in our heart and to have an impact in our circle of influence with the folks that we uh, have uh, in our, you know, work with or our families or whatever it is. Doing that at the best of our ability and, and understanding that, you know what, Somebody may be diagnosed with cancer. I may get hit head on leaving church tonight. We right. don't know. We don't. We're not promised yeah. another day. Today is the day the yep. Bible talks about. Well, and uh, I have, I, I was reading this last week just on some different pastors as they talked about healing, some excerpts, and I came, I came across what, uh, a section MacArthur wrote, and I, man, listen to this. The gifts of healing were never used solely for bringing people physical health. I was like, Whoa, wait a second. So he says this. This is pretty neat. Paul was sick but never healed himself or asked another human to heal him. His friend Epaphroditus or Epaphroditus was near death, Philippians 2.27, but Paul did not heal him. God intervened. When Timothy was sick, Paul did not heal him but told him to take a little wine for his stomach. Paul left uh, Trifemus sick at Maltus in 2 Timothy 4.20. Healings were not everyday norm in Paul's ministry, but did occur when he entered a new region, example, Malta, where the gospel and its preacher needed authentication. The healing was the first mention of the healing since the lame man was healed in Lystra, Acts 14. So basically when I was going through this, I was like, man, you know, this is this is a pretty good idea of, of what healings really are because here's my, my thought, you know, we've got a lot of healing preachers, but why in the world are they wearing glasses? <laughs> why don't they just heal their eyes? I'm not making fun of them, but I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, yeah. it's like a, a few weeks ago, someone sent in a sermon of a guy at a church and he's preaching about healing and all these miracles he could do. And I looked and he's got glasses on. I was like, why don't you heal your eyeballs? I mean, come on, you know, if you've really got the touch, then just touch your eyeballs, and, and you you got me. And so that's when we look at like the healings that took place. Like 
Man, to God be the glory for every single one of them. Exactly. And Alan, like, exactly. you were in rooms. Like, and here's the, Alan, do you have a gift of healing that you go around and just touch people? No. But Alan was able to be in rooms where, man, y'all got to pray for people. And God, in his will, decided for them to be healed. But that's what I'm saying. Like, man, it's like I did a Bible study this last Friday morning on a church Facebook, and it was about accepting God's will. I mean, Joab and the army of Israel surrounded on both sides. He said, let God do what seems good to him. Eli's told that he's going to die. Eli says, let God do what seems good to him. They accepted that. And that's where I'm sitting here saying, like, you know, am I asking for things to come into my life? No. But I'm going to tell you this. If something were to take place in my life, like an illness, an accident, or anything, and that's God's will, then my mind and my heart should say, all right, God, if this is truly your will, let it be done. But do I ask for that stuff? No. But see, God's plan is so much superior to us and that's why we have to be at the point like some of these men I just mentioned we just gotta we just gotta accept it for what it is and how it's gonna be now when we look at the things that take place in these healing crusades and all these things I guess here's the other thing when in the world man and this is this is where rubber hits the road in one place when in the world did Paul ever say all right I've healed you give me some money when did they ever ask for payment Paul said in Thessalonians, he says, know those that work amongst you. He does talk about reward those who labor among you. But when in the world did Jesus, Peter, Paul, any of these guys heal somebody and say, now give me some money? Why in the world, right now, we can go to churches where if you want to be healed, you got to pay a price. That makes no sense to me. You want some holy water to heal yourself? Four ninety nine. Go to the counter. They'll check it out. You can drink that holy water. It'll cleanse your soul. And it's just like, man, I guess what makes me mad is when people take the word of God and create a counter, try to create an, a counterfeit gospel. I mean, Jude said there will be clouds without rain. I mean, there's a guy named Justin Peters, and he's huge into exposing people. And he's not perfect, but man, he talks about it. And he does a whole seminar called Clouds Without Rain, and he lays it out there. He goes through all of these false teachers that say they can do all of these things, and he's like, hey... Where are they at? Where's their biblical evidence for this? Where's their biblical... And he shows all the examples. There's no biblical evidence. And that's why, guys, when we, we're we not taking this podcast episode just to bash people that do this stuff. But, man, we've got to know those. We've got to be able to know those who are preaching another gospel or they're taking the gospel and they're completely trying to change it because Paul says, let them be accursed. Think about the effect they're having on the, on the mission of the church, not just the local body, but the church, the bride of Christ. Think about what impact they're having when they go in and they they spoil widows' houses and they take money and the people that have expectations of miraculous healing that doesn't happen. And now all of a sudden, what's the image in their mind of God? Mm. What's the image in their mind? How how are they promoting kingdom work? Well, it's like our pastor. He went and knocked on doors. And he said there was one woman. He went to her door. She started, he started trying to talk about the gospel. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. I know. I know what you're talking about. And she's like, and he's like, well, what do you mean? She said, look. So she goes in her house and comes out, and it's a picture of a prosperity preacher. She said, he told me that if I would send my money to him, I would be blessed and I would be healed. And I believe in this man. And he was like, ma'am, this is not how it works. This is not how it goes. Alan, if you're looking, there's a huge spider on. Look at this thing right here on Josh's little mic stand. That thing oh, is wow. massive. I'm going to get him. Hang on. 
right in the trash can. Sorry, guys. Uh, I've got a little bit of a rack. I don't like spiders. I'd rather see a snake. I'd rather see anything else but a spider. And so I saw that little guy crawling around. And I looked at Josh while Alan was talking. I was going, there's a spider. Look at that thing. So Alan just put him in the trash. So, but, so now that we've talked about healings. I didn't we, squeal. I wanted to. <laughs> I, I, I started panicking inside. Like a little girl. So when we talk about healing or we talk about miracles, I mean, who has these gifts? Who has this when we look at scripture? So Jesus... The apostles. Some people say that, I think it's in like Luke 10, maybe the 70 that also went out with the 12. They may have had gifts. They did things in the name of Jesus, healing, casting out demons and all these things. We could put them in that. And Philip, Acts chapter 8 says he went in and he started doing miracles. So we only read of a handful of people that had this gift. And usually it was to go out to new places where the gospel had never been. And they would start doing miracles and people would be like, Man, maybe there is something to this. And then you know what they do after? They start preaching the resurrection of Christ and that they could be saved for their sins. Man, that's not what healing guys are doing these days at no, all. No, it's not. But when we talk about miracles, a lot of times, man, and, and this is this is just a thought. I think this will be good. A lot of times when we talk about miracles, everybody talks about the prosperity and the goodness. Miracles are good, man. God does great miracles. Not all miracles were for the benefit of somebody. Right. I want to go through a list. So, Peter Hill is a lame man. That's a miracle we read of in the book of Acts. Ananias and Sapphire struck dead. So, that's a miracle. Yep. And a lot of people think of miracle and they're like, no, 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 no. That's not a miracle. That's something complete. No, a miracle is an act done by a supernatural God. And so, this makes the list of miracles that happen in the book of Acts. Ananias and Sapphire lie. They lie to the Holy Spirit, but they also lie to God himself. By not giving all their tithe, and what happens? They're struck dead. That is a miracle. That is something supernatural that takes place by God to humans. So when we put it in that context, man, we better be careful what we ask for. Absolutely. Because I'm telling you, like these guys go around and they only preach blessing, prosperity, miracles. But what about the other side of it? What about the back side of it? So then here, here's my other thought as well with this. Now, the Bible also says that Satan himself and his demon, they will appear as ministers of light. There is a spirit of an antichrist out there. And so what I'm saying is this. Everybody talks about how there's this Holy Spirit that they are encountering that no one else gets. Come experience this. Come do this. Come be a part of this spirit. Come, man, the spirit's doing this. The spirit's doing this. And the spirit... And I'm almost looking at what they're doing, and I'm like, now wait a second. The Spirit, Jesus said, will come in the name of Jesus. He won't come on his own accord. He won't come. So people are putting emphasis on everything that the Spirit's doing, but where's the credit that goes to Christ? Mm-hmm. Because that's what the Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will come in my name. And so when we look out at this mysticism that's going on in some churches, really, that's what it is, mysticism and magic. They're saying that there is a spirit in the building that's influencing a experience. And when you look at the experience compared to Scripture, something is not adding up. And that's scary to think about because what if... I've been in some... I, listen, I went to a church one time. I went with Grant. We went to this church and I walked through the door and something didn't feel right. Something was off about that place. And I'm sitting there, and I sit down, and first I'm like evaluating myself, right? Because my heart's troubled, and I'm like, "Lord, have I not do something this week that something's not going on?" 
and as the service went on, me and Grant, at the end of the service, their pastor gets up and starts saying the most unbiblical things that I've ever heard in a church service. And I thought, nothing's wrong with me, boys. <laughs> There's some discernment going on right here. And some, and so that's what I'm saying. When we're in the presence of something that's like, the power of God is here. The power. There's fire in the room. There's all these things. And then we look at what they're doing, and it's not biblical. That's a little scary right there. And so I say that to, I brought up the miracle thing with Ananias and Sapphire, and I said all that to say this, man, we've got to pay closer attention to what people are doing. But also when we talk about miracles, if we're going to talk about them, we've got to talk about the whole thing. We can't just talk about what seems good or what feels good to our ears. And, you know, like, a, what is it? They'll have itching ears. And uh, yeah, we... Yeah. And you take you take God's word, and you talk about the the, the uh, doctrine, and you talked about the Book of Acts being a historical book, and you know it, it's a good thing that that historical event where Ananias and Sapphira struck dead for holding back money on God, because if it happened today, how many people in the church would fall over dead because they don't pay their tithes? Mm. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait a second. Well, we need, and, and ultimately, we need like it a wasn't horn. That they didn't pay. It's just that they lied about well, the So, I mean, it was just a lie. Now, it wasn't that they, that's not about robbing or stealing or holding back. It's about just not telling the truth. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. And I listen. And like even, I mean, what Malachi say? He said, You all have robbed God. Yes. You're not giving him his part. And it's yeah. like, Have I missed in my life? Yeah. But man, when somebody was like, did you do this this week? I didn't look at him and say, yeah, I actually gave more. I was like, no, I actually missed. Because when I read about Ananias and Sapphire, they lied and they died. I, I kind of, the one of the next ones on the list is this, God smites Herod, so he dies. He's eaten alive. I, I, I mean, by the, what is it, mealworms or something. I mean, something takes place and he literally, and so, man, we've got to talk about the whole, like, it's like this. It's like. If you got, let's say, let's say you got a basketball, right? And one side of it's clean and one one side of it's completely dirty. Everybody only wants to touch the good side. Yeah. But, man, if you really want to go play basketball, you're going to have to touch every side of it. And that's what I'm saying about miracles and healings. It's like people only want to touch on the good side. And they want to touch on this. But once you start pulling the cover back just a little bit more, they start getting uncomfortable and they don't have answers. And it's all for the, the glorification of God. That's Every what it is. It. I mean, you, for instance, when we talk about the miracle that God done for the children of Israel, the Red Sea, yep. miraculous, not a good day to be an Egyptian. Right. No. Not, not <laughs> a good, Mm-mm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-mm. But the, the miraculous work of God, we can look at that miracle and honor and praise him. Because of his goodness. He said, I'll let all of Egypt know that I'm God exactly. by doing that. And that's that, that's the purpose in the miracle. What is it, what the, the, ma- the, purpose the man it. born blind? They're like, who sinned one? And Jesus like, yeah. nobody's. It's just that God can receive glory. Yeah. God can use this. And that's what I'm saying. Like, when we look, if someone is truly healed, it's not by Hunter Blair or Alan Lovin or Josh Blake or even Grant Davis. It's done by God for God that he would receive praise. But listen here that it would be a witness to those unbelievers. And so, man, I'm just... Let me read some of this other list when we talk about miracles. Okay, so Peter heals the lame man. Okay, apostles perform many wonders. That's in Acts 5. Okay, Peter and John communicate the Holy Spirit. So they, they preach, they talk about the Holy Spirit, right? Okay, Peter heals Aeneas of palsy. That's in Acts 9. 
Peter raises Tabitha Dorcas to life. We read that in Acts 9. Peter delivered out of prison by an angel. Uh, Elimus the sorcerer, smitten with blindness. That's a miracle. That's God, something super, supernatural God did. Paul's converted. Boom. That's a miracle right there. Yep. Paul heals a cripple. Paul cast out a spirit of divination. Paul and Silas's prison doors opened by an earthquake. Paul communicates the Holy Spirit. He talks, preaches. Paul heals multitudes. Paul restores Eutychus to life. Paul shakes off a viper, a snake. That story's crazy. Paul heals the father of uh, Publius and others. And that's in Acts 28. So, guys, when I look at this, right? So I see Peter. I see Apostle. I see Paul. I see Apostles. That's what I see. Now, we can talk about, you know, when Philip, he went down and he did miracles. He did some things. It doesn't tell us specifically, uh, you know, of the healing or the miracles and all who all he went to or what was the cases, but it just said he did many things. And so I, I think we really have to look at this and consider the situation. These men were going to places that the gospel had not completely been to. Now, when we talk about John 4, right, the Samaritan woman saved and they hear... And they're like, oh, should we? And Jesus is like, no, not yet. Don't go there yet. Okay, then we get into Acts 8. What happens? The gospel hits Samaria and it lights on fire. Phillips, I mean, people are being saved all over the place. When we look at Paul going into Malta, when we look at him going to Corinth, when we see Paul shake off the snake, it was in front of a bunch of unbelievers. So God planned, sovereignly planned for them to interact with these people God used a sign and a wonder, and I want to say this, what do signs do? What, is it, what does an arrow sign do? It tells you where to go. Signs point to something. When we read the Bible, signs point to something, and the thing that it's pointing to is Christ. It's pointing to the gospel. And that's what I'm saying. If, a heal, if someone were to be healed or a miracle were to happen in this day and age, it's not going to change. It's to glorify God and glorify the gospel Absolutely. of Jesus Christ. But what has the world done? Like everything else, they take it and they try to ruin it and make it their own. Bobby, a jet plane. And it's like, man, I, it, 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 mm. it's like, so for example, Grant had a guy come up to him once and he told Grant he was going to be a famous actor one day. Grant, are you a famous actor? Where in the world? Where? I mean, he said he was inspired by God to tell Grant that. And I'm sitting, and I'm sitting here thinking, wait a second. Like, that's great, right? So God does send people by to say encouraging things. But when we take the word of God and just say whatever we want or say, that doesn't mean it's going to come true. And that's, I, I, have a, I had a thought this week I wanna, I'm going to study out. And think about God's view, right? So if God has a view of the world and of how things should be and how we should live and how we should surrender to his son, our view should line up with his. So when people take their, what they want, their opinions, and they're saying, this is the Bible, this is the gospel, if it doesn't line up with God's view of things, then it is not biblical. True. That's like anything else we could talk about. Adultery, homosexuality, you take all the... God has a view on this. And if you're saying, well, I don't agree with God's view, then you're out of what the Bible teaches. You're out of what God commands us to follow and commands us to surrender to. And when we look at miracles, it's right there. God gave miracles and God gave healing for God's glory to point to the gospel. But now, guys, are Sunday's rock star day. Let's put on our leather. Let's put on our best suits. You know, I, I remember... Man, it's Benny Hinn. He'd come on stage, and you know, healing time would start when he'd start singing that song. The 
they'd hit the piano and he'd say, I believe in miracles. And he'd sing this little hymn as he would go by and he'd take his jacket off and he smacks people with it. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Don't get up till I tell you to get up. And what they're doing is they're taking the gospel. They're taking miracles and healings given by God. They're saying, uh, we don't really agree with God's view on this. We're going to make our own view. And they're unbiblical. And it's a shame. It, it is a straight shame. It's, it's, it's borderline offensive. When you talk about how that you take advantage of folks who... Uh, put their trust in you like these folks do uh you go back to when jesus went in and overturned the tables in the temple what was that all about they were taking advantage of the poor they were coming in they were selling them sacrifices they defiled the house of god they were taking advantage of those poor people uh, selling sacrifices at an elevated price because people were wanting to do the right thing and, and offer a sacrifice well they're taking their money and Jesus comes in and says, you've made my father's house a den of thieves. Yes. No different. No different than a man to get up and wave his jacket around and and, 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 and gain monetarily out of somebody else's misfortune. It's a den of thieves is all it is. I mean, and it's like when you get into John 20 and it says, Jesus breathed on the disciples and said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. You forgive sins, they're forgiven. If you withheld, they're with a... And see, a lot of people take that and they're like, man, that's literal. Jesus breathed and gave them the Holy Spirit and they had opportunity to forgive sins. No, Jesus made that pretty clear earlier. He said, who has the power to forgive sins? God alone. And so when you look at it, he literally didn't give them the power to go out and forgive sins. You know what he did do? What he told Peter? He says, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom, the gospel. I'm going to give you this. And when you go out, you preach to people. That they can be forgiven of their sins and you can preach the gospel and share it to them. And if they don't want to hear you, dust your feet off and continue going on. Receive this power to go out. But what happens is now we got people in pulpits going up to people and saying, Hey, come over here real quick. <sighs> Receive ye the power of the Holy Ghost. You are healed. And it's like, bro, come on. Did, come on. I don't understand where it got broke at because from my standpoint, a, a healthy spiritual life is far more valuable than a healthy physical life. Yes. Hey, Kenneth Copeland said, COVID-19, I blow you away. And he went, (laughs) I blow the wind of God on you. And that was when it first started. And boy, here we are. COVID's still here. Sorry to interrupt you, but I mean, come on. They're taking what Jesus did. They're changing it to their own view. And they're creating a counterfeit gospel that misleads people. And now all of a sudden, we believe that this guy that just went and ate some Italian food and he's got spaghetti breath can come up to me and forgive me of my sins because of his breath. (laughs) And I'm just like, come on. I mean, listen, I mean, it's like what uh, a fortune cookie. It's like just here. Let's pick this verse out. Let's apply it in a certain way, and let's utilize it and get stuff off of it. Yeah, well, I was just going to touch on what Alan's point was when he was talking about the physical and the spiritual side of it. And that is a very true statement because you can know people that are physically, financially, you know, at a place worldly looking at them, you know, physical strength. Oh, they got it all. Yeah, they have it all. Yeah. And they're continuing to seek for something, and they don't know what it is. They gotta keep going bigger, better, because inside they don't have anything. Because they don't have Christ, they don't have any salvation. So they're trying Empty. to grasp. Yes. Empty. But then on the flip side of that, 
you know, these these stories that you hear of, you know, the person that's been diagnosed, they're on the deathbed, they know their day is coming, and they are rejoicing, and they're joyful, and, you know, they're broken, physically speaking. It's ending. Yep. And inside, spiritually, they're rejoicing, they're joyful, and, I mean, they have a glow that is unstoppable. I want to put one more category of people in there while we're talking, and hopefully if you're listening to this podcast, you're doing it to get to a... Uh, a place of spiritual uh, strengthening. Uh, the anemic Christian, the lazy Christian, the bottle-fed, rotten teeth, I can't handle meat because it upsets my stomach, Christian, you will be the one that falls victim to these mm. cheap clothing and, and the, the spiritual development will be derailed if you don't get in God's word and get a firm understanding of what it's mean not, not just memorizing it uh, chapter and verse but I'm talking about the concepts inside of it the yeah. intent of God's word in our everyday application and living yeah that's where the rubber meets the road when we start living it out yeah in life. and I mean that's another thing too is like when what you were saying Josh like people that have all these things and have it all that's what a lot of these healing miracle guys do mm-hmm. they've got the house they've got the plane they've got the life they've got the kids they've got the ministry they've got the church they've got the TV show and they've got all and it, it looks like they all have it figured out but then you get to the meat of the scripture and when I'm saying this we, we definitely and Josh I mean we were kind of talking about this I don't need to try to examine everybody's life to see if they're of Christ and if they've all got it figured out because no one does. But I'm saying this. If there's a guy that preaches another gospel and he is taking the word of God to use it incorrectly on purpose, we've got to know them. And I'm, I'm saying this. When... And I'm pretty sure the text even says know them that despitefully you... I can't remember specifically, but like when you look at... They're... There's no care. There's no, I mean, uh, it, it's like, you know, Creflo Dollar one time from a pulpit. He's like, you know, he's like, you know, when you look at Scripture and you look at these things and you do this and you do this, he said, you know, and Scripture says that we are the sons of God. He said we are gods. We are gods. And we control our lives and we do this. And God will give us what we want if we will command it. We And it's like, bro, you have taken the merciful, just, loving God and made him a vending machine. Yep. You just do this and here you go. But isn't that the whole temptation of the devil? Yeah. I mean, didn't he yes, say that? That's what I was... All this could be yours. <laughs> you could be like God. Here you yes. go. And that's yes. that's what they're preaching. It, it, does, does it not make you open your eyes and say, man... This has a lot in common with what happened in the beginning of Satan's deceitful use. Absolutely. Absolutely. Appeals to the eye. It appeals to the flesh. And that's what hurts me because when we look at their lives and how they have it all going on, but then you look at what they're preaching and what they're... I mean, it's like Grant sent me a video a few weeks ago where a guy was in a pulpit and he said, men, you should marry hot women. Your wife should be hot. They should attract other men in the church. And I thought... What in the world is this God doing on stage? How in the world is he their pastor? How is he preaching? Literally, he said, your wife should wear things that attract other men because God wants us to be happy. We're going to be that God wants shallow. Us. And I'm just like, 
I was like, bro. His what? name wasn't Ricky Bobby. Right? But like, think about that. And I know that has nothing to do with miracles or healings, but it's in the same category. You look at what they're preaching, you look at their life, and man... John 15 says, you'll know a tree by its fruit. And I'm sitting here saying, brother, if a guy's telling you to have an attractive spouse and man, God doesn't want you to be poor and God doesn't want you to drive, uh, you know, I drive like a 2005 key and it's missing a back window. And if I, they would be like, man, you're not, you don't have faith. Does, does he pray to a six pound, eight ounce, nine <laughs> Pretty baby Jesus. And that's, it just, it, 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 oh my gosh. It ruins, it, it takes away from what we spend our every second of our yeah. lives trying to live for. A yeah. consecrated holy life that we can serve Jesus Christ. And these guys take it, they throw that away, and they're like, man, that's not what it is. Live life down here. Gain everything. What about the scripture says, if you gain the whole world and you lose your whole soul? Why do none of them say that exactly. in the pulpit? Why exactly. why don't they preach that? Why do they only preach certain sections that talk about God? It's like because one that feeds the flesh. And we go right back to what we're talking about. We we're we're we're, we're catering to the flesh. We're catering we're catering to the things that we like. And uh, if you've not seen the movie Talladega Nights, I don't recommend it. But I was just making fun there because he prays to the six pound eight ounce yeah. little darling baby Jesus, and he's praying to the Jesus of his mind. Yep. Not the Jesus of the Bible, but the Jesus that he wants to make. His own of, version. His own yeah. version of yeah. Jesus. That's what that's what he wants. And there's many out there. There's it. lots out there. And I was, I was, that, that was a joke, and it was comical, and I was I was getting a few laughs out of it. But it's literally... But that was a, a fictional pl- movie, and a guy actually preached that from a pulpit. He did. Yeah. He did. He and had that, a PowerPoint for the sermon that talked about, you should have a hot wife. You should have a hot <laughs> husband. They should make someone want them. And I'm like... Why in the world are you you? If that guy's the pastor, you know what he's doing on Sundays if he's preaching a sermon like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And it's just crazy because they take the gospel, they push it to the side, yeah. and now it's fortune cookie time. Yep. And that's when to kind of get back to what we're talking about. When we look at miracles and we look at healings, my friends, we've got to be careful because if a miracle or healing does take place, it gives all glory to God. It gives all glory to the gospel. But if some someone says something takes place and it's all about them and what they've done or all about the church and this guy has this power and this power, you need to be careful what you're listening to because it might be a false teacher. And it's like, you know, uh, one guy a few weeks ago, I heard a sermon where he was saying that once, okay, so Abraham's lineage, right? There was Abrahamic covenant and they were blessed. God said, I will bless you. I will give you all things. God said from the pulpit, once we're saved, we receive that. So we should have nice houses. We should have nice cars. We should have everything that we want. And I'm like, what in the world? What I, I mean, and you go through them. We went on the sermon. Blessed are the poor. Blessed yeah. are those yeah. who mourn. Blessed. Are, and I'm just sitting here thinking they've created a stereotypical life of a Christian, and it's not even lining up with some of Jesus's basics teachings on Sermon on the Mount. And so we've just got to be careful because when we look at miracles and healings and scriptures, or we read through the Book of Acts, it was all for God's glory, and it was all to point people, a sign and a wonder, to point people to Christ, and people were saved usually when those things would take place. I mean, 
when you think about, uh, it, I can't remember if it was Paul and Peter, or if it was, I think it was Paul and, and Silas, when uh, they healed, they'd perform miracle in one place, and they were calling them Greek gods. They're like, oh, yeah, look, they're here, let's raise them. They're like, no, 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 no. We're normal men just like you. Yeah. What'd they do? They preach the gospel. Yep. When you look at Paul, got bit by a snake, and the people of that island were like, oh, he's dead, and that snake's on him, and he just shakes it off, and he keeps going, and he lives. They're like, this guy's a god. He's got it. No. And what's he do? He had an opportunity to preach. And that's what I'm saying. When these miracles or the healings took place, there's gospel behind it. There's glorifying God behind it. But in this day and age, people people don't even know what glorifying God is. Like when you when you look at the school of Bethel for supernatural ministry, none of that's to glorify God. All of that's to build your sermon this morning. Guy said, God has dreams. You want God dreams? You chase him and you claim him. He said, and when you die, you will leave your God will help you leave your legacy down here for him. And I thought, where in the world have, were we ever taught to build us a legacy down here? I thought we were supposed to come down here and tell people about a legacy of a man named Jesus Christ. That way, and, and I'm telling you, where is the glory going? Where and that's really I think I think we could close with that and, and kind of talk about this for a second. You want to figure out if something you know if something's taken true or how yep. see where the glory's going. Yep. See, yeah. figure you'll figure it out real quick. And I, I and I, Alan hit it on the the head earlier. If I had Alan, if you had a gift of healing, truly, you could go around and I mean just heal people, right? Yeah. Would you not go to the darkest places oh, in the yeah. world, the hospitals? Absolutely. I mean, the communities where people can't I even miss- afford to go to the hot. I'm as tenderhearted as they come, Hunter. And there's one thing that I can't stand. That's a sick child. I mean, I've, I've got a, a, the older I get, the more of a big old gooshy marshmallow I become. And I can't stand the thought of a, a, a child having some yeah terminal illness. If I had that ability, you have no doubt about where I would be on a Sunday night. I'd be up there in the right. hospital touching yeah. those little sick kids. That's and, where I'd be. And so that's the question. Why are they not doing that? Why do they only do it on million dollar stages? Why do they only do it in the pulpits? Why why do they only do it? Why do they only talk about certain things? Why will they not go out into the street and do it on the spot? Why does there always have to be preparation before? And that's where I'm saying this. You know, if men would stop trying to claim this and claim that and do this and do that, and let's all just get on our knees and pray that God would heal people or God would do this, God would change this, God would perform this. Would he not receive more glory from that? And he still does. He's still capable. He has all the power he's ever he, had. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like when you when we've been able to pray with people here, Alan, you have, with the deacons and with pastor and stuff, God performs those things. I mean, it, it's a lot of people, it, when you talk about a miracle or someone being healed, like it's not this foreign thing nope. that doesn't happen anymore. God still does those things, but God does it. Exactly. God's will so I wonder, be done. I'm going to pose a question right here. All the people that's had COVID and it's been through, we've had a lot of folks in our community and even in our church that passed away from it. I wonder how many of the people that had it and overcome it and have back to a, a healthy lifestyle view that as a miracle. Mm. Mm. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder how many people stop and say, you know what, God, thank you. That could have killed me. Yeah. I was nervous when I had it because a lot of people... You know what? You, you've given me another opportunity at life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. People were dying. And when when my family came down with it, Man, there's one out on the couch, and I, it was hard to breathe. Yeah, I got a little nervous. I'm not gonna lie to you. 
because I thought, I know people have died from this, and tomorrow I could wake up and everything could change. But once we got clean of it and we were free from it, I, I'm telling you, I was thankful yeah. that God allowed me to survive that. But it's like this. I know a man, he's no longer living, and I, I love him to death. Um, his name was Paul Blair, and he had, he had cancer real bad. And I'll never forget, there was one time as a church we prayed with that man, and uh, the Lord gave him just a few more years. They thought he was going to die then, but the Lord gave him a few more years and spared him. And within those few more years, I climbed a mountain with that man. He's still weak. He's still ill. But I'll never forget one of the last times he ever spoke to the church. He came up. He was broken. And he said, I'd really love for y'all to pray for me one last time. And if God would heal me, praise be. But he said this. He said, I'm telling you. He said, if I go and I die, he said, praise be to God. I can't wait to meet him face to face. And I thought, I will never forget this man. Because you want to know what? He didn't leave his own legacy. He left the legacy of Christ by the way he acted, and he reflected Christ joyful. We climbed a mountain together, and it wore him out, but you know what he did? He said, man, God allowed me to climb this mountain today. And I was like, are you serious? This man, what what do you have? What do you? And he's like, all I have is Christ. All I can do is glorify him. And I learned a lot of life lessons from that guy, but that's the moral of it. God example. spared him. It's an example. It's a, an example for those that are still here that he's outstripped from us but we're left behind what do we do mourn and put on the sackcloth and ashes and quit our jobs and no we look to the example that those loved ones have experienced the faith and the grace of god and we live our lives they lived ready to go to honor god yeah and that's one of the things is is that you know those are the two different extremes earlier you're speaking about the big attendance the you know the, the lights the show the whole side point of it pointing to a man that's standing on the stage and then on the other end you have the man that after all of it says glory be to god i mean he hit the he mindset truly, like job right but i mean and so and it made me think also is so we have all the lights we have the production and we have the man standing there but what's it say about when we do it to do it in secrecy not out in the street but as the hypocrites you got your reward you have it you have it. And yeah. that's, you know, I mean, the thing is, is like the, the, for them to make that statement of being of a boastful place, speaking that for what they can do. I mean, one story that came to mind is what about Gideon and his army? I mean, what did God tell him? Send half of them, you know, yeah. then it, he, he got it down. He's like, okay, now you've got an unfair advantage. Yes. Now <laughs> do it because it was his. Yeah. He's like, I want to make sure that yeah. it's. And, you know, but like I said, you have these guys that are stripping, you know, or they're, they're, they're taking what is God yeah. or trying to, they're not, but they're trying to, because they're making it for them about them. And it's not about them. Hey, the Bible doesn't, a Bible, a lot of them is a fortune cookie. You just pick it out, speak it and it, it claim it. And, uh, God's, when we talk about miracles and we talk about healing, this really wraps up our miraculous gifts. That I think we've stated when we first started this was something that the apostles and the disciples and the, of Acts, these men that went out and preached, they had, some of them had this gift that they could go out and do things. But a lot of times you'll notice, boy, they had to call upon somebody or say in the name of Jesus for some, because God gave them that power. Now, here we are in 2021, and a lot of people ask, does this still exist? Can somebody have this power? Can someone truly have this gift? 
uh, I, I think the three of us might stand, probably stand on the same side of this. Is This was a gift that was specifically for the apostles and the men that Christ specifically told that were with Jesus and saw him and left and went and preached. But can God still heal? Can God still perform miracles? Absolutely. Yep. And we live in a day and age now that the apostles and all of those men are gone that really now it's what Paul charged Timothy. He said, study to show thyself approved, a workman of God, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's be, be that's instant. what we're in. Yeah, we, we live in a day and age of yep. pastors, deacons, evangelists, Sunday school teachers, missionaries. And boy, we were charged. For one thing, rightly divide the word and spread the good doctrine. And so we're going to wrap up, though. This is this was our miraculous gifts. So next week, we uh, we'll, we might try to attack all four of them. I'm not for sure, but we got, we'll probably study them all and just see how far we make it. We've got uh, the gift of faith, the gift of discernment, the gift of wisdom, and the gift of knowledge. And all four of those really kind of tie in together, but we will talk about them one by one. Um, and then after that, we've got more of so of team gifts, which these are going to be cool. Evangelism, prophecy, preaching, uh, teaching, exhortation, um, shepherding, mercy, showing mercy, giving, administration, and serving. And so we'll get into all those after we get done with the enabling gifts. So, uh, man, I, I've enjoyed this segment today, and I hope maybe some people that will consider if they follow people that have fake powers and fake dreams and fake this and uh we'll see that man when a miracle healing takes place to god be the glory so guys do y'all have anything else god bless god bless all right we'll see you guys next time peace out